Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. One issue that I know is disturbing right across this country, and I've seen so many emails from, from listeners, and that is the acute drug shortage uh, for kids. The Canadian Pediatric Society has outlined steps to conserve a vital supply amid these shortages. Again, a critical drug shortage continues across Canada. And the CPS has provided guidelines to help healthcare providers ensure that children have access to safe and secure supplies of necessary medications. Dr. Charlotte Moore Hepburn joins us, Special Advisor for Pediatric Drugs and Therapeutics for the Canadian Pediatric Society. And uh, Dr. Moore Hepburn is one of the authors of the new guidance document on managing critical shortages. Dr. Moore Hepburn, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, could you, first of all, please provide us with a, an overview of how critical the situation is now, how whether it's getting worse than it's been, and is there any way to predict how long it's going to continue? Oh, those are three challenging questions, and we'll try to take them one by one. Over the last six weeks, two months, the children's healthcare system from coast to coast and across all levels of care, from primary care right all the way through to the most acute tertiary hospitals, have really seen unprecedented demand. We had some warning that this might happen because there were similar circumstances in Australia that preceded us, and we're walking step in step with similar circumstances in the United States. But really, this is unlike anything anyone in current practice has ever seen in terms of the demand on healthcare services and specifically for the treatment of acute infections in children. Now, thankfully, most of this infection, most of these infections are related to viral illnesses. And while I know as a mom, these are distressing and disruptive, these viral infections will improve with supportive care, love and rest and time and fluids. But some children do go on and develop bacterial infections. These bacterial infections will require antibiotics. And just as we've seen an overall demand for service increase, we've seen a sudden and dramatic increase in demand for antibiotics. The current drug shortages related to amoxicillin and amoxicillin clavulinic acid, two of the most commonly prescribed liquid antibiotics in children, are now classified as a tier three shortage. So that is a, a critical designation at the highest possible level, and it pulls together all the power and might of stakeholders across the system, as well as Health Canada, with everyone putting their heads together trying to solve the problem. And this could uh, go on for some time. We anticipate that the increased demand for service will last through much of the winter, January, February, perhaps into March, Although nobody has a crystal ball, we're not entirely sure when the increased demand will end. I will comment that our pharmaceutical manufacturing partners sit with healthcare providers like the Canadian Pediatric Society and Health Canada and are working to address the acute drug shortages on a much shorter timeline than that. Uh, Dr. Moore Hepburn, could you just uh, expand on this sentence a little bit? I'm taking it, hopefully not out of context, from the globalnews.ca story. Uh, new supply challenges may emerge as prescribers pivot to second and third line drugs. So I think I know, I think I understand what it's saying, but I'd prefer if you were to explain it to us, please. So thankfully, most prescribers have a full toolbox, a number of different possible tools for any problem that presents to us. 
Well, second and third tier drugs have different meaning outside of antibiotics. What it means to antibiotics would be drugs that still effectively treat the infection, but might be slightly broader in terms of their spectrum. I'll take a step back. The most ideal antibiotic to treat any infection is the antibiotic that is most specific for that particular bacteria. We can pivot to second and third line drugs that will effectively kill the bacteria we so choose, but may also kill other things as well. In ideal clinical practice, we always pick the antibiotic with what we call the narrowest spectrum, the most specific drug for a condition. What age range are we talking about? That's a, it's a very good question because this acute tier three shortage is focused on liquid formulations. So those aren't the pills or the tablets. Those are not in tier three shortage. But you can imagine for infants or very young children or children whose weight demands a dose that couldn't respond to a tablet, they need a liquid form of the drug. And the shortage is really focused on the liquid products. So those who are most affected are the youngest. And would you be able to uh, walk us through uh, the the guidelines that have been issued? And you were uh, instrumental in writing these. Just explain to us, um, because I know parents are paying extremely close attention to what we're hearing from you. What are the guidelines saying? So... The guidelines are very much focused on direction to providers on how to provide the most appropriate possible care, avoiding unnecessary antibiotics when they are not required, and ensuring that providers have a complete evidence-based toolbox to prescribe antibiotics for those that need it. So the first direction in the guidance is to remind providers that most acute illnesses in children are viral and do not require antibiotics. So we encourage all providers to be aware of choosing wisely Canada's guidelines around appropriate prescribing, making sure that we're not giving antibiotics to patients who might not benefit from them. And at the same time, we want to make sure that our providers are ensuring that their patients get the care they need. Virtual care has provided exceptional uh, opportunities to expand access to many people throughout the pandemic. But virtual care is not the optimal way to be, per, uh, to be diagnosing bacterial infections. So in that virtual encounter is not an appropriate way to be diagnosing, for example, an ear infection or a pneumonia. So providers are encouraged to make sure that they refer their patients on to an appropriate ambulatory care setting to get the exam they need, again, with an eye to appropriate prescribing. And then the third major component of the guideline is outlining all of the various tools in our toolbox as it relates to prescribing. What are the ranges of antibiotics? How many days are appropriate to treat various infections? And what options are suitable, evidence-based, and safe for the treatment of infections if the antibiotics we're most commonly using don't happen to be available? You know, I never thought we'd have this conversation in Canada. Well, you know, it's interesting. The supply chain that fuels our pharmaceuticals is incredibly complicated. There are a number of stakeholders with, you know, all the way from API manufacturers, those are the people who actually produce the raw product, through to our pharmaceutical manufacturing partners, 
our regulator, Health Canada, our pharmaceutical distributors, hospital pharmacies, retail pharmacies, and obviously providers and patients. And when there are disruptions in this system, it can be very challenging for the entire system to pause, redirect, or pivot in a, in a rapid way. I will say, however, that since the pandemic struck, it's been an enormous opportunity for all of us to learn how to work effectively together when it comes to managing these critical drug shortages. It's a very, very different landscape, considerably more proactive and more transparent than it was even five years ago. Most people might not be aware that drug shortages are something that frontline providers have been dealing with through their entire careers. I've been in practice for almost 20 years now, and I recall many drug shortages through time. Now the system is considerably more transparent, and we're working much more effectively together to help solve them. Are Americans doing better than we are? Well, it's challenging to compare the Canadian ecosystem to the American ecosystem because their size is just so much bigger. They have more manufacturing partners than we do, more opportunities to extend market authorization uh, to various manufacturing players. And of course, the percentage of the global market share that belongs to the United States is orders of magnitude larger than us. So while they are our neighbors, I'm not entirely sure they're always our best comparators when it comes to being um, comparing our pharmaceutical supply chains. That being said, I will say that we've had very productive partnerships with the U.S. when Canada has experienced drug shortages. And we've been able to bring product, for example, from the United States, as well as other trusted foreign regulators, to help moderate supply challenges when they do happen in the Canadian system. Mm-hmm. One more question for you. Uh, what's, the, what, what's the parents' role in all of this? Well, I always say that the parents' most important role uh, is to love and care for their children. And I know that that's what parents are doing from coast to coast. I think it's really important, especially during this challenging time as we come out of the pandemic, for everyone to get vaccinated. So for parents to ensure that their children, if they are eligible to get booster COVID vaccines, to get their annual flu vaccines, and if they happen to have fallen behind on vaccines during the pandemic, now's the perfect time to get caught up. We want to be doing everything we can to prevent preventable illness. All right. And over and above that, when they're worried about their children, make sure that they seek care. Because while our system is under extraordinary pressure, we are here exactly for that purpose, to care for sick kids. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.